Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Business Demons podcast. I'm Julia Stock from Be Astute, and I am once joined, once again, even joined by my partner in crime, Vicky Henderson from Ascend Performance Coaching. How are you, Vicky? Very well, thank you. As you can see, I haven't put my teeth in today. Uh, I'm really excited by this week's podcast because we are joined by the fabulous disability activist D. Riley. Hello, D. Hi. <laughs> you are welcome. So talk to us and our, I suppose our extensive, huge audience about your background. And yeah, we called you a disability activist. So how come? Uh, well, I was saying I have cerebral palsy, and uh, you know, the life would come. A book of a few as you can probably imagine. And I became an activist when I suddenly, uh, I suddenly them, you know, got the opportunities that that went available to me. But other people take just way for granted, and that was one to be educated and safe to be able to try also getting supported things and supported too. So uh, it must be horrendous to be put on a kind of scrap heap and written off at such an early age. That's exactly what happened. I was written off. You know, I was probably 13 and 14 when my pins, you know, even to the extent that they they receive a letter from education. The parents said that they will never set a public exam and they said to receive a letter and uh, at 16 extra. So as if my whole adult life had been enough of the in-car chance to begin, you know. So uh, yeah, it was the time. So I'm going to confess my ignorance at this point. Tell me more about how cerebral palsy affects your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And it, well, cerebral palsy is a, you know, a bit than, than, than muscle control. It's a motor muscle of my, uh, of my limbs. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm quite fortunate because some people with cerebral palsy are profoundly disabled and Than, than 
Okay. So, yeah, there was no good reason for them shoving you on a scrap heap, Ben, because you have a great brain. Well, I had a, I had a good brain, but then they couldn't see my good brain, and that's partly because you know when I when I was fourteen, I discovered I was I was just like her. Mm -hmm. and I think I'm now I'm proud, and uh, this is when I went undiagnosed for for a lot of years. So yeah, they decided it was just too much like hard work. Yeah, like it's easier to 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 labor of children and parks and mm. over there or young people in little parked. Yeah. Like too many of them do get parked and <clears throat> you I suppose having that education background, I can understand why people get parked, but at the same time, it's not good enough. Um, and you have that constant battle between having reasonable expectations for what an individual can achieve, but at the same time, they also need to be high expectations. So as soon as we write somebody off, they're forced to write themselves off and that's just wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to write to self-esteem and self-worth. You do big to to think, well, you know, maybe they're right, maybe, you know, maybe they're right, maybe I'll go on my way, you know, and it's completely wrong. When I try to Schools in particular should be encouraging people and giving them as much support and encouraging as possible and have their opposite Vicky, what's the mindset implication, I suppose, when schools write you off? I think, as Dee just said, it becomes very personal. Um, it impacts your self esteem, your self worth, your value that you place on yourself in the world of people around you aren't placing a value on you when you're at that very susceptible age. I mean, it happens at all ages, um, but it can it can have huge long-term impacts. I mean, a lot of what we have, have as children has long-term impacts, but I'm sure you would agree with me, Dee, that the impact from a mental health point on yourself has been fairly significant and has it held you back in any particular way since you've left school? Um, well, to be honest, you know, I haven't experienced better mental health issues. You know, over the years, it has been quite difficult to, to deal with. So I think, you know, the things that happen when we are quite a young age, you know, it, it really matters because it sticks with you for a lawyer life. Uh, you know, some part of it has, um, yes, 
What I would like to ask you though, Dee, is that obviously you were written off at school, but you've gone on and done a lot of things as an adult. Um, so you have overcome those obstacles. What mindset did you have to have to overcome those obstacles as an adult? Uh, I've, I've, I've tried not to let other people define me and, and try, you know, not to let other people's expectations get in the way of my own expectations. And you know, I've always had to drive and uh, some motivation to, 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 to go to university. And then once I did that, I had a lot of driving, uh, you know, opportunity to do sport. So I suppose I've always let my own expectations come for other people. So, you know. <clears throat> How does negative feedback affect you? It feels I take it really personally. If I'm being really honestly, and it's pride because of the conditioning I got all that bad then, eh, you know, because eh, you know, I'm being told that you're, 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 you're that, that you're this, you're not, or, or having been negative, you know, stuff put on you at, at a young age. But then when you get into adulthood, you know, negative that, you know, inevitably gets your hackles up. And so I guess my hackles up for entity over the years. It, you know, so I suppose it's never makes me just try harder than I want to prove people prove people wrong even more because I think you know there's a saying in Scotland which you might heard. You know, this is a well-balanced cousin has a chip on both his shoulders, and 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 one of my boulders on my shoulder is you know being as good as other people or being seen to be as good as other people. So I've heard, so I heard it's a chip to show people that I can function as well as I can, and I'm just saying, just as came from sense to us. Like, I think I can see that bag of spuds there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So, we called you a disability uh -huh. activist. What's your passion? You clearly want to change the world for disabled people. What's your vision for the future? Uh, well, you know, I think one of the biggest disappointments for me has been on the the area of careers and jobs because I have uh, I would say that I've not uh, I've not succeeded as much as I'd like to so if I could then I would like to see a more level playing field uh -huh. in the kind of employment form you know but I know I will uh, I'm not sure but so I would like to strive towards and um, I'm like to, I'm like to motivate other people to do A lot of that's down to ambition, though, isn't it, Vicky? Yeah. That young kids who have difficulties tend to, the mindset is to lower their expectation to meet where people are telling them that they should be aiming. 
yeah, I mean, people, yeah, the, the, the child will automatically think, oh, well, if that's all they think I can achieve, then that's all I can achieve. And they won't necessarily strive for any more when the proof in the pudding is that if they have good role models and they can see that there are people like them um, who are out in the world doing things, achieving, you know, in exams, going to university, doing apprenticeships, whatever it is that they want to go and do in the world, um, it's very inspiring for them because it, it, it's like, no, actually, um, that person has exactly the same problems as me, but they can do it. So why can't I? So it's about having those good role models out there. And I think as a the able bodied population also needs to have um, a long, hard look in the mirror, I think, <laughs> and think about how they perceive people with disabilities or learning difficulties and that sort of thing um, and actually be able to see beyond the disability and, and the person is not their disability they're you know they're not the same thing um, you've got to be able to see the, the person and their potential um, without just getting stuck um, around the physical disability. Um, interesting question for you Dee because I know that you network with a lot of people from the disabled community. Vicky talked about how able-bodied people need to be able to see beyond the disability. How many disabled people do you come across who have the same problem that they can't get beyond the disability defining them as a person? Is it just unique to, I suppose, our side of the fence? I, I think it's quite a lot of disabled people in the same uh, in the same situation, if you look at economic rates uh, among the civil community, there's about half of that of the everybody community. And they've been so for you know, decades, decades, you know, they've not changed, despite the implementation of so called legislation. So I think there's a lot of people in the same book. Having said that, things are beginning to change. I think it's, uh, it's quite fun we're having this conversation today because this very morning I saw um, John Breakfast TV about a junior daughter who had just uh, qualified and she was a, she had a spinal injury and, and was a wheelchair user. And, you know, I remember years ago to see a junior daughter with her. That's huge. Yeah, I think there's a employers are more open minded as well, aren't they? Yeah, So what changes in employment would you like to see? Uh, well, you know, I don't know if it's a complicated area, mm -hmm. you know, and I totally acknowledge it's really complicated because I was, but you know, I suppose I would say, you know, I would say the bigger employer should be obliged to employ a certain proportion to save people. However, they get into the idea, should be able 
being employed because of the disability of broadcast I can do the job. And as a complete mind I'm totally I could clearly get that answer from uh, both camps. However, I would like to see more opportunities for the people who want to work because I do know a lot of really qualified people who would like to work and in the open employment field they are disadvantaged you know it's like I once had it compared to you know a hundred meter race if it's a hundred it's like a if somebody's got half a leg, of course they're not going to make the, be the winner of the race and get the job. And so I think, I think there should be a lot of effort into making animals into one slightly easier. But I can see that there's a lot of animals still from it's very complicated. Yeah, I I mean I've employed dis people with disabilities um in my time and uh, I suppose it's the same as all members of staff when they are performing it's a joy and a delight mm -hmm. and the disability doesn't get in the way it doesn't have to get in the way you can make those adaptations so that they can thrive and succeed the same as other people with other issues once I suppose the wheels start coming off the bus in terms of perhaps home issues or health issues you know they're not in a position where they can perform then it can be very difficult and uncomfortable the same as with all staff but I suppose the legislation and the baggage can make it much more of a minefield. Yeah. And it only takes one person from a particular background for an employer to have a bad experience with, particularly in a smaller company, um, yeah. where they go, well, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. So even though the problem was nothing related to the disability, it might've been about the personality of the person or something happening, then suddenly they go, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. It's, 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 I bet it's that drives you potty. It's, 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 it's yeah, you see, it's hassle. It's an unknown. And, and I totally get it. I totally get it. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it's <clears throat> wrong. But at the same time, it's not wrong. And I think that's part of the yeah. issue, isn't it, Vicky, yeah. that there's so much that is wrong but not wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, they've been making all these efforts to make sure that there's more access to, you know, people from different ethnic backgrounds, from different communities, deep people with various different disabilities. But then the risk that they run at that point is that you get your job and then you, you're kind of held up as, oh, we've met our quota for having you know disability people with disabilities employed and then you actually that belittles the person from from that you know that's not actually lifting the person up you're 
you're holding them up because to say, oh, look, you know, aren't we good? We've done what we should have done. When actually what you should be going is, look, this person's an amazing employee. They do great work, as lo- as all, do all our other employees, or this person particularly stands out. But the focus should never be on disability making that the difference. It should be based on the person's performance. And I yeah. think we do risk in trying to make things more equal or equitable um actually perpetuating the problem yes it's quite difficult to have equality when the world is fundamentally unfair yeah and that's way too deep for three of us (laughs) um Yes, because a lot of the stuff that you can do to compensate for the fundamental unfairness can then come across as itself being unfair. Yeah. Um, Yes, I don't think I will ever be prime minister. Is that unfair? Well, no, because you need people in doing that job that are competent to do that job, as we are currently experiencing to our peril at the present time, by not having a competent prime minister. She's yeah. very political out there. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. actually being better at hiring people to do those jobs would make a huge impact. He's, he's, he's the of the he really is. Yeah. Anyway. So, do you suppose the question is, do you want Boris's job? Could you do a better job? (laughs) Which is another angle on equality, isn't it? That we don't all have the same aspirations. Um, And that's a good thing. Um, and when they talk about, you know, a lot of the equality issues and, oh, you know, there's this gender pay gap or this pay gap. Yeah, but partly that's aspiration. And yes, you have that thing of people doing you down so you have lower aspirations, which is wrong. But at the same time, I do have the right to have a work-life balance. And if I don't want to climb the greasy pole and work 100 hours a week and never see my family and turn into a bit of an arse, then if that means I get paid less, but I'm a nicer person, I think I'll take that. of schools pressurizing kids to take certain options and apply to certain universities or even go to university because that looks great on their stats. Um, I have a friend whose child goes to a grammar school and was absolutely pressured into only applying to certain universities because those are the universities that our pupils go to. And we're not going to talk about any other opportunities. And then Within the subjects, I think, again, Vicky, there are chosen subjects that are good enough for those I pupils. I experienced that at school, absolutely. 
the one, yes. one of the universities I wanted to apply for, I was like, they was like, no, you can't possibly put that university on an application form with all of these universities. Not with our school name on it. Oh, it's hideous. Yeah. It's kind of the other end of the scale. So you suffered from the same thing. No expectations. Um, yeah. Again, this school that my friend um, sent her child to, um, keep bleating on about all of the mental health awards that they've won. They have to be really good at mental health because of the sheer utter misery that they put their kids through as standard. So the only reason why you're having to do all this mental health work is because you're creating the problem in the first place. It's awful, it really is. You know, when we talk about a mental health crisis in young people, yeah. and we're about to get Vicky well and truly off on one, um, it's so manufactured by the system and by over-anxious parents. I'll put that one in. Well, we could be here for the rest of the year at this rate. I think we're going to stop at this point. Dee, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for educating us. Um, I have learned loads. Vicky, you've been magnificent as ever. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and we will see you again soon.